Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1, Episodes 1 through 7. Cindy and Devin are back. Hi, you guys. How are you? Good, Diana. How are you doing? Great. Hi, Diana. Excited. Yeah, glad to be here. And so here we are, right? Because the last time you guys were here, we did Cobra Kai. And that was based on an 80s movie. And here we are with Stranger Things that is based in the 80s, which I love. Yes. Such a great time period. So fun. I know. And great time for music, right? Yes. Best era for music. The 80s, man, it just has my heart. And so there's so many great songs. And so I did a poll. And the poll was, what song would save you from Vecna? Because in this season, we see that Max is saved by listening to Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, which has like soared to the top of the charts, which is amazing. I already love that song. And it's been running through my head along with Running Up That Hill. So (laughs) I just love that song. Yeah, it's so amazing when you see how the impression that people get from a show and now things become popular again. It's crazy how that works. I know. I love that. And so in this poll, I listed about 20 songs, I think, but people could write in their songs also. So I actually want to start with a couple of write-ins that were not on the list. Mm. So one of the songs was Save Me by Queen. Good one. And I love Queen. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. oh, that's, and that's a the good epitome one. of the 80s, right? 70s, 80s. Yeah, 70s and 80s. You're right. Another song that I was totally unfamiliar with was The Last Dragon by Dwight David. No, it doesn't ring any bells with you guys because it didn't no. for me, but I thought it was really cool. And I went and listened to it. And it's, I believe it's a martial arts type film that it's from. Hmm. So I thought that that was cool, too. Oh, I don't want to forget, there was a write-in by my son, and his selection was Final Countdown by Europe. Wow. And now for the poll results. There was a tie for second place, (laughs) which is not surprising, right? There was a big tie. It was one, two, three, four, five songs. So the five songs that tied were Eye of the Tiger, Mm. Living on a Prayer. Good one. Yeah. Danger Zone. Oh, wow. Little Top Gun. Yeah, right. Time After Time from Cindy Lauper. And Holding Out for a Hero. Oh, I like that one. That's from Footloose, right? I think it... Is it? I think it might be from Footloose. She might be another 80s. (laughs) Another 80s song. I mean, movie. But number one... Number one has my heart. (laughs) Number one was Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Great one. I know. So tell me, you guys, what song would save you from Vecna? Okay. uh, Well, off the list, I'll go with Eye of the Tiger. And personally, Diana, my musical vantage point back in the 80s wasn't quite mainstream. So I'm going to go, I Believe in Miracles by the Ramones or Ah. Blix Creek Bop by the Ramones. One of those two songs. Oh, Oh, yes, yes. That would get me pumped up. That would get me up that hill. (laughs) 
I agree. That is such a good pick. Cindy, what about you? So for me, it was funny when I looked at your list, um, the first song that just captured my heart, of course, was Dexie's Midnight Runners, because Come On Eileen was, I mean, probably my favorite song through the entire 80s. Like, it just, I, it brings me back to high school and, um, you know, they were kind of that one hit wonder, but I always, and to this day, I love that song, but that would probably not have saved me from Vecna. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so instead from your list, I actually chose The Warrior by Patti Smythe. And that's another, I mean, just really gets you going. Um, But I have to say that I would have chosen something off the list too. So my choice that you didn't have on your list would have been Subdivisions by Rush. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know if you know that song, but you know, it's all about, it's about kids growing up and conforming and, you know, are you going to be part of the group? Or are you going to, you know, not make it? So it, it's just a great song and it's, you know, the beat I think would, would get me out of there pretty good. So that would be my choice. It's a good choice. Oh, you guys, those are such great choices. I had a hard time with this list. I really did. I originally went with Don't Stop Believing by Journey because I am a huge Journey fan back then and now. I just love their music. It really um, it reminds me so much of my, my high school days, but also my husband and I, that's, you know, was what we listened to back in the day. So I'm thinking if something's going to save me, it's going to be this song, right? Something that reminds me of my family and my friends, right? That can get me out of this. But I also want to add, Cindy, that I love Come On Eileen. And I actually snuck it in there at the last minute because I thought, how did I miss putting this song? This song means so much to me, although I don't know if it would save me. But I, too, love that song. Yes. So much. So I love that I put it in there. Yes. And and that I caught that. Yes. And... I was almost going to pick a song that wasn't from the 80s and put it on here because, you know, you and I both are Green Day fans. So I thought something that would really pump me up and get me out of there would be a Green Day song, right? And there's so many to choose from. But I also did a podcast episode on season three, and I was listening to it recently. And I said in that podcast episode, which was three years ago, by the way, three years ago was season three. Can you believe that? We've waited wow, this long for season really? four. Yeah, I put out that podcast in 2019. And in there, I say I love the 80s music. And Madonna and Michael Jackson were all it for me for the 80s. So there's just so many good songs. So there's many. so many out there. It's just an impressionable time, you know, when you're growing up during that era. And I think that's what makes the show so special too. Yeah. Um, and hearing the music that's in the show, it it just brings Absolutely. back a time that is, you know, one of the most special times of your life is, you know, growing up and figuring out who you are and becoming an adult. And so... It's pretty neat. So in these shows, any of these shows that, you know, gravitate to the 80s, you know, that's yeah always a favorite. So it is. And I love that. I'm, I'm comparing it to Cobra Kai again, but I love that they spotlight also kids and 
giving us the 80s. So it brings in a new generation while still holding on to the people that experienced the 80s. Right. So I think that's just really smart. And I think that's why it appeals to so many people because it, mm-hmm. it appeals to different generations, which is awesome. So yes. I just love that. So friends out there, tell us, we would like to know what song would save you from Vecna. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear your song. The links are in the show notes. Okay, so uh, like I said, season three was so long ago. I can't believe it. I can't believe we waited this long. No wonder the kids are so big and have grown. So um, I'm going to give a quick overview of season four so far. So Eleven lives in California with the buyers. She's lost her powers. She's being bullied. And she thinks she's a monster, which is so sad. And she's missing Mike. So think of this, everything that she is going through as this young person. And then we find out Hopper's alive and in a Russian jail while Joyce and Murray are trying to get him out. And the rest of the bunch is figuring out how to save Max from Vecna's curse and learning more about him while trying to protect Eddie and themselves and save Hawkins and the whole world. So what did you guys think of volume one of season four so far? Um, wow. I think comparing it to the other seasons, there seemed to be a lot more action in this one. Um, I mean, right from the get go, right. When you're, there's shown kind of the, the massacre at the, 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 wherever the children are kept, um, the Hawkins lab, of- Hawkins lab. Thank you. Uh, so to me, it just seemed like there was a lot more action. Um, I think that there was, there's always been a little comedy, but I think that there's a little bit more comedy in this season and they're starting to, because we know the characters better, they're more developed. And now you can have these in jokes between the characters that the audience gets to be a part of and yeah. the history between Steve and, and, uh, what's his Dustin, name? Dustin. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and now also we have Murray who's, like, I think he's my favorite character now. They, they, he, is, <laughs> he is the best. And I love that he, you know, bringing up Cobra Kai, he learned karate. I know. The last three years, right? You're, you're saying, oh my gosh, it's been so long. Well, Murray had to train and get his back belt. Uh. So, so anyway, I would just say overall to me. But he's only fought against a, a what? A, was it oh, yeah. an eighth grader? Or <laughs> I don't know right. what it was. <laughs> that's right. I yes. can't remember. Yes, and and so you get you, and there's more depth, and now they're older, so now you have the you know the the love you know interests with um, eleven and uh, Mike. Is it Mike? Mm-hmm. Mike Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it also you know Dustin's got his gal, and uh, it's just. I, I just think it's a more adult. It's a little bit more adult now, which makes mm, sense. True, so, true. That's my take on that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm liking season four. I think it's kind of interesting. I wondered how they were going to pick this up after season three, you know, and it's been interesting to watch them go all the way back to the past and kind of where Eleven started and then as well, um, you know, kind of bringing in some new parts to the story. And I feel like 
they've done that transition really well between the the old and the new. Um, I really, I like the new characters that they've introduced this season. I think they have good personalities. Even some of the ones that didn't last a very long time, I felt like they showed you who they were and what was going on. And obviously there's reasons for why they're showing you who they are, but um, because it, it plays really into the plot very specifically. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the growth of, you know, people like, um, what's his name? Steve. 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 Yes. Steve the hair. Harrington. Yes. <laughs> the hair. Yes. You know, he, we've just watched him over the seasons really grow and he's just such a neat character. And I actually like his sidekick a lot too. And I think, um, you know, obviously there's no romantic interest between the two of them, but they're just so fun together. And so they whenever are. they're on the, on the screen, oh, I feel like Robin. Yes, yes. Robin. And, uh, so she's so much fun and I think she's a great actress. I mean, obviously it's in her blood, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really like, I, I really like the season so far. I love it too. I love everything that you guys have said. I was, I get so excited watching it. It's so fun. It's this adventure. It's smart and it's thrilling and it's scary too. And I love that we get to see these young people go through their lives of being made fun of, of not fitting in, of having issues. Everybody has their issues, but they also have friendships and they also um, rely on each other to get through these horrible, you know, surviving these monsters and this, and they're out to save the world. And I just, I just love it. I just love everything about it. I do want to mention, for those of you who have not lived in the 80s, I thought that the episode one, where they showed that kid riding his bicycle, and he was throwing the newspapers. That was, I remember that. I, well, I wasn't yes. thro- doing the newspaper, but you saw the paper boy throwing their newspapers, hitting the cars, hitting the doors, all of that. Just every, it, the Duffer brothers just had this down perfect of recreating this time for us. Yeah. And I just thought it was so spot on. I loved it so much. So, and even going from Hawkins to California, they had like, these color palettes and you could see it and they really had the vibe of California. And I thought Eddie and his attire just was so well done. So perfect. He looked just like someone we knew back then. And they talked about their, um, the hell, what's it, what was the name of their club? Hellfire club. Yeah. Yeah how they had someone draw that up and they made the t-shirts and I almost didn't blink an eye because the t-shirts look like something I were familiar to me, but I realized that they are kind of an eighties thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That looks just like normal every day. So, uh, yeah. So I, I love the whole season overall. I just thought it was so good. And I rewatched it a second time and uh, I was telling Devin, before we were recording, that the second time I learned 
so much more, so much more things I had missed. I had no idea. I thought, what what was I thinking the first time around? I must have been questioning so much because I didn't realize so many things that I had not picked up on the whole the second time around. So I would advise anyone go back and watch it again. If you've only watched it one time, you will learn so much more and so many questions will be answered. Good idea. All right, let's talk about 11. So the opening with Dr. Brenner. Okay, by the way, he was so creepy to me in the very beginning. <laughs> How he was always holding the kids hands and yes. having them call him Papa. I'm like, this is really bugging me. <laughs> this yeah. is really creeping me out. And then we see the whole massacre, which was shocking. And, you know, and all these kids are dead and we are led to believe that it is L. And then we flash forward to how she's doing in California and she's not doing good. She's being bullied. She's dealing with her self-image. She's questioning whether she is a hero or a monster capable of these gruesome acts. What did you think about Eleven? Well, Diana, let me ask you this question. When you were watching that the first time, and they do set it up to make it look like it's her, right? Yeah. Did you ever think it was? Or did you think that the, if you waited long enough, the story would, you know, come out that she was not? I thought if she, I thought if it was her, something was happened wrong or was wrong or not taken. Yeah, because I didn't think that she was just capable of that. I I, but you're right. I don't know that I thought about that initially. I just took what they showed us and I thought, she did this? Is this, to be honest, I was kind of confused about Eleven's story the whole way through. I didn't realize what they were doing with her in the tank, although that reminded me of that Tom Cruise movie, the one with the, uh, you know which one, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at you, Devin. Aren't you the Tom Cruise expert? <laughs> First thing I'd say is Vanilla Sky. No, Minority Report. Oh, Minority Minority Report. Yes. Yes. When he had those cognitive, are they called cognitives? I don't recall exactly. What's they called? What are they called? Precogs. Precogs. Yes. So it felt reminiscent of that, how they had her, the memories and... And Diana, we struggled with with that as well, because you're thinking, okay, when you kind of figure out some of this is her in the tank, it's Cindy and I look at each other and go, okay, is this when she's in the tank or is this really happening? Yeah. Right. got a little confused. So... Right. They brought her back to the lab, so you're... And I thought one of the interesting things there, and it was very evident in one of the final uh, conversations she was having with um, with the lab technician, mm-hmm. who obviously we find out things about him later. But you could see in the mirror, it was the little girl. But the person he was talking yeah. to was her uh-huh. as the teenager. But if you look in the mirror, you can right. see... The height difference. And that was kind of amazing how they did that. I thought that very clearly showed that she was remembering it as she was probably in the water tank as a teenager. And, you know, we all do Mm -hmm. that when we think of memories and I flash back to memories. I see myself how I am today, you know, even though I might be remembering something or thinking about a memory that was, you know, 30 years ago where I looked a lot different and. Um, it's just natural. One last thing about, um, just real quick, 
Did it throw you to see the special effects with her as a little girl putting her face on that body when she was tiny? Did you guys, you didn't notice that? When she would remember and she was a little girl, they were putting her face on another little girl. Oh, right. To make her, you know, so did you know that? Yeah. Well, I figured they must have. That's what I was thinking they must have done. I kept looking at it, trying to like see signs of special effects. And you, they did a really good job of it. It was pretty, pretty They did. I wish wish they'd do that for me, Diana. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. That's right. Yeah. And I think for me, um, you know, I thought the whole 11 storyline was really interesting. Um, how they had the parallel of the bullying in the new school and how it related to what had been going on in the lab with the other children. And yeah, you're right. You you can really see her personality because I was getting frustrated at her, you know, when she's in the school in California because that girl was, I mean, over the top mean. Like, Yeah, she was. People used to bully, but I... I've never seen something like that. And Mm -hmm. I would think eventually she would blow. And especially when you are flashing to her in the lab and it feels like the pressure is kind of building and it's the same type of thing. And so then when she has the roller skate episode, Uh which another great, you know, you have, you know, the skating rink, which... Obviously, the total <laughs> 80s. And she takes Mike. It's like, everybody goes here. And I thought, yep, we all went to the skating rink. Yes, we yeah. did. Um, but she does blow, right? And she does have that moment. And so as you're watching the flashbacks of her doing the remembering in the lab, it all makes sense. Like, okay, wait a minute here. This This is obviously how it leads up. Because, I mean, Devin, if you ask me the question... You know, did I think it happened? I just assumed it did. It never even dawned on me. And like you said, Diana, I just assumed there was a circumstance that made that happen. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah. it never dawned on me that it could be something different. And I want to jump just real quick with the bullying thing to take it one step further. How lucky was she to find this group of kids that are misfits themselves? So now mm-hmm. you've got these other group of kids that have been bullied. They take her in and now she's got a, you know, she's got a family of misfits and it's perfect Mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, man. I always love the underdog. Uh, Yeah. I think this showed or we saw Eleven's personality even more so because she didn't have her powers. So I thought it was really sweet. I, I think it showed her innocence and her sweetness. Um, although I wish she hadn't taken all that bullying from those people. I couldn't believe that there were so many bullies that went along with it. That was shocking. And and I, and I'm going to tell you before I go to what I think about Eleven herself, but I do want to bring up at the skating rink when she did smack the girl and she ran off. And everybody is so, oh, to the girl, oh, my God, look what happened to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything yeah. she did to her, they threw the shake on her. They were, yes, you, you know, going it. around her, being so mean. Yeah. 
And she finally does something about it. Yeah, okay, maybe she shouldn't have done it, but ah, what else is she going to do? And so everybody was protecting that girl and feeling bad for her. And I I, I don't know. Diana, that is interesting that you say that because bullying was not really looked at in the 80s, I don't think. I mean. Yeah, you're right. I I just think it was not something that came to people's cognition, right? I mean, it happened, Mm -hmm. obviously. And so when you see that, where they rally to the pretty girl who's the cheerleader or whatever she was, um, you know, the rich girl or popular girl, I mean, I think some of that was probably natural in the 80s. Just you, if you were in a certain social group, you could do whatever you wanted. And if somebody yeah. did something back, it was, oh, you know, poor you or whatever. And, you know, now obviously we're a lot different and a much more mature society. But, you know, there could be some intentional thread through there that really was more things you'd see in the 80s than you would necessarily see today. Yeah. Oh man, so much. So we could we could keep talking about that. <laughs> but we're going to move. We're going to move on because there's so much to talk about. I think I was mentioning uh Eleanor personality and how she brought that diorama to school and uh I just thought it was really sweet because she was talking about Hopper being her hero and I I I don't know, that was just a really sweet moment. And then how she missing Mike and how he doesn't write love on everything on anything and she's really needs that. So it was just really interesting to see her go through all of those things. Uh, And, you know, she really is isolated, too. She has will. Thank goodness she has at least will for part of it. But she really is isolated on how she feels because she is this person who had all these powers that grew up in this lab. Mm -hmm. So she's just I feel like she's reaching out for. Yeah, um, she's she's behind everybody emotionally because yeah you know she's uh, like you said the, the diorama and what what year is she in high school yeah i think they're like freshmen it was something. the cutest thing ever but you know it's a little it's kind of like a sixth grader almost yes like yes yeah but it was cute what, with you saying that it reminded me what i love about l too is that she says how she feels like mm-hmm. the actual words I, I heard, read, said this in uh, season three, but when somebody lies, she's all, you lie, you lie, yeah, right. <laughs> which you is lie. so funny. And, yeah. and here, when she talks to um, the orderly, I'm jumping ahead, we'll get there, but I just want to bring up this line that she does tell him, she does tell him, you saved me, or you helped me, I'll help you. Right. It's just, I love this about her personality. Uh, right. She's just really a sweet person and just kind of says uh, innocently. And and as you said, she's emotionally less mature, maybe. I don't even know. Is she? Uh, is she? I don't know. behind everybody, you know? Yeah. She's been stuck in that lab. And how much can you really emotionally mature when you're a test subject? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There's so many other groups we need to talk about. So there is Steve, Nancy, Robin, who are investigating Vecna and trying to keep D&D leader Eddie 
from being wrongly arrested for the town's murders, the four end up in the Upside Down after they get sucked into one of Vecna's new gates under Lover's Lake and are attacked by Demobats. <laughs> Just, I, I heard that term and it cracked me up. I'm like, I love that, Demobats. Yeah, and then we see... Yeah. And then we see Dustin, Lucas, Max, and Erica, and they're dealing with the cops, their parents, and figuring out Vecna and realizing the teen's deaths are where the gates are being opened. And we see Mike, Will, Jonathan, and Argyle, a new character. Uh, they are trying to figure out where Eleven is at, and they enlist Susie, who's Dustin's girlfriend, to help find her find 11 and mike really wants to tell her how he feels after their fight which i find so endearing what did you guys think about these groups or any of the characters what stuck out to you well i first want to say i love eddie he was a great addition to the the cast and he really fits in um it's he's good comic relief and i knew a guy like eddie i mean i think we all knew somebody like eddie um (laughs) I thought it was really neat how they broke everybody up into groups Mm -hmm. and each group had one specific thing that they were kind of doing, like you mentioned in here, but I thought it was super cool that Steve heard Dustin and Mm -hmm. then we'll talk about the light bright and everything, but I, I loved that scene. It was so super cool. And before that with the demo bats, I mean, talk about action packed and there's Eddie who's never experienced anything like that. They're all used to the, you know, upside down and everything. That's so true. And he, there he was. He, well, he got shamed into going after them because the, the women jumped in. <laughs> right. And he admits it. <laughs> yeah. He, I love he, it. He didn't even, he did not think twice. He had a stick in his hand and he was beating the crap out of those things, you know, not questioning, just, you know, reacting. And I thought that was pretty uh-huh. cool. And he, he helped to, to save Steve a little bit. But I did like how they broke the groups up. And I think it was neat how um, you kind of mentioned this, that Dustin figures stuff out, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, and he's walking through it with the audience, which is super cool. Um, yes. But I will want to, I do want to say one thing. Can I say that I think that they're pushing this angle with, um, oh gosh, let me see, with Steve, Steve the Hare McNair. No, Steve the Hare Harrington. And I'm just going to make nicknames up right now, Diana and Nancy Wheeler. Have you you seen how they're pushing them together? It's okay. They're teasing us a little bit with this rekindle of the romance. Yes. And I think that there's not a couple in the world that has less chemistry than those two. Please keep them apart. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. I totally agree. They... I actually feel like Nancy is, um, she's very vanilla. She, she doesn't, I don't know. I guess she kind of fills a specific role in this show. But she, She's I, kind of the adult in the room. Yeah. She just isn't very interesting. So, you know, when you pair her with Steve, I just naturally think there's going to be, that's not a good Match And I think it ran its course in the first season, obviously, because that was how Steve grew, right? I mean, that was the whole point of them being together. And so now here we are, and I agree with Devin. I think that is just not something we need. Um, 
I mean, I don't think Jonathan's a super interesting character either, honestly. But I think, you know, he grounds his family some, and I, I think that's good. But I think what's interesting in these groups were, um, you know, the addition of Erica. Because we always see her <laughs> as a little sister, and now we see her becoming a part of this group. And first we see it with the D&D, where she's right to play, and she knows more than awesome, the guys. Yeah. And she is. She is going to be a badass. I can already tell. I mean, she is no- annoying, obviously. She's a mm-hmm. preteen. But I feel like she's been kind of a fun addition with a lot of energy coming to that group. And it feels like, you know, her and Dustin are kind of the leaders. Like, they get it. They can execute a plan. The others are kind of followers. Like even Max is standing with the cops at that one point and they're like, come on. And they have to tell her to come. And whereas Dustin and Erica's personalities are like, let's go. Yeah. I, I have to say that since we're talking about chemistry, since I brought it up, I think that Murray and, uh, what's Winona's, character's name um Joyce. Joyce they not romantic chemistry they have chemistry period the com- comedic team chemistry they're with her eyes uh-huh. rolling and her always kind of confused or irritated with him is it's <laughs> awesome it's great and we'll uh-huh. talk about that next I can't help it <laughs> jumping ahead can't help it it's okay it's all right I have no discipline Oh, I want to say one more thing about the group. Yeah. I thought it was really neat how they had the two groups of four in parallel, and they really showed you it when they were getting across town. Riding the bikes? Yes. I thought that Uh, was so cool. It really did show like the common goal and that it was the upside down, right? And that it was kind of mirrored and they were doing the same thing. So I I thought that was neat. And again, I know we're going to spend a little more time on the other stuff, but just as it relates to these groups. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking so many things as you guys were talking. So I do want to start off by saying Dustin, I love him. I love his character. I really do. He's smart. He's nerdy. He's cool. I think he's fun, and he's funny. And well, he what and was the line, what was the line where he said something? And and Steve the Hair Harrington looks at. Um, we just talked about Nancy Eddie. Uh, Eddie, thank you. And it says it's the tone, right? It's the tone because I think he's so full of himself. It's not so much what he's saying; it's the tone, right? Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, that is so funny. I yeah, that's a good line. I love it. But, you know, he's the one who discovers Watergate and names it that. And I know they talked about light, but I believe he's the one who brought up the light bright for communication. And he says at one point, how many times do I have to be right on the money before you guys just trust me? Um, There's just so many things I like about Dustin. He is just he was just he's just shined for me in this season. So I just really enjoyed seeing him a lot. I loved. I have to say, I love all of the characters. They're so good. They casted this so well, so well to to get these kids to act together, to get these kids 
to grow with each other. They're just so good. I feel like Mike hasn't been in it as much as he was in the previous season, but I still, I really like him. There's something about him when, to me, for me, when he's on screen that I really like. He doesn't have a conventional look about him, right? But there's something that I find that's cute about him. I don't know what it is. And I think it's his personality. He's very genuine. Yeah. He's very genuine. Yeah. He is. And I think that's why Elle loves him. I think that's why Will you know, is hurt about them not being friends. And we haven't really even talked that much about Will, too. I I really like him. I love all of these characters, just all these personalities. I just, I liked seeing them all. Even Argyle, that that new guy that's there. He's a cracker. He was cracking up. Yes, he's so funny. And then when I watched it the second time, I saw where he was with... um, Susie's sister. I didn't even. Right. I didn't even pay attention to that the first time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. but she walks in the room and his eyes are all lit up. He's like, "Oh my god, who's this?" Right. So just these little pieces, um, and you know him driving around in his little. Um, was it a Volkswagen? It looked like. Yeah, that's what it looked like, right? So uh, yeah, delivering pizzas <laughs> so so 80s. so 80s um but uh yeah just all the characters are just so good and like you had mentioned Evan, about eddie he's a new at first i wasn't sure i'm like oh who's this guy and he looks a little too old to be hanging out with everybody but then he grew on me and the fact that he did jump in after the girls i mean, he could have said heck with you guys i'm going off and going a different direction a lot of people would have done that but he didn't yeah. So I got to go in. And then he tells Steve how much Dustin admires him. Yeah. And so he had to like check him out for himself. And then how, how much Nancy cares about him because she like dove in like a split second later. So I, you know, I like that Eddie's telling Steve both these things about, you know, how he's impacted both these other characters. So I thought that was really cool. And Steve and Nancy, and I'm so glad you brought it up because I wanted to bring them up too, because I am, I'm feeling it for them. I, I kind of want them to be together, but then I think, oh man, she's with Jonathan now, but then they're probably not going to be together because that came into play where he wants to stay where he's at school wise and not go where she wants to go. Yeah. So is that, does that mean they're going to break up? I don't know. There is something I want to say, but I'm going to wait till we're at the end about where their relationship might go. But I did Google it, and people are thinking that Nancy needs to move on from both guys. Uh, <laughs> They're like, she's a smart that. girl. Yeah. She has her whole life in front of her. She just needs to move on. So, yeah. but I'm like, oh, but I like the guys. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with them. But, you know, she was, when he was taking off his shirt, she was watching. Oh, yeah. I was watching too, Diana. <laughs> so, so was Max in the binoculars. Everybody's like <laughs> right? checking out Steve. Yes. So, oh, that's funny. so well, funny. And I want to say one more thing about Eddie because his mattress. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know where those stains came from. Yeah, I don't know where those stains came from. Um, but no, I thought they did a great job of bringing him into the group because. You know, he's this older guy and he's a little scary and he's into this whole, you know, weird stuff. 
And now he gets Mm -hmm. accused of this murder. I mean, and rightfully so, right? The girl comes to his place. He's a drug dealer. I mean, he's clearly not a goody two-shoes guy. He's he's pretty tough and probably not super nice. And by the end of the show, you know, he's taking direction from these little freshmen or kids. (laughs) So true. So true. Just badasses, ready to go. They know what they're doing. They know what this is about. And they're trying to help him, you know, to prove his innocence and protect him from the law when that was instantly, oh, he's a bad guy and, you know, he must be guilty. And these kids rallied around him. They did. That was so interesting. And, And they are. They are loyal, loyal. They're they're kind of geeky and all their stuff, the D&D, and, but they're so loyal to their group of people. They would do anything and go to the ends of the earth, and, and they do for this guy. They don't even really yeah. know him. No, and they, they don't. hide, and they just take care of him. And I just thought that was really, really neat how they just brought this character in to be one of them. They did say, or someone said, he took us in. Was it Dustin? They said, look, Eddie took us in when we didn't, or no, it wasn't Dustin because he wasn't, was it Dustin? I don't recall, but they said, oh, he took us in. So they felt like they owed him or. Let's, let's not forget to, we'll dedicate this show to Chrissy, the memory of Chrissy. Ah, yes. Is the Barb of season four. Yeah, she is. (laughs) Yes. And we got to see Barb as a matter of fact. Yeah, we did. Not doing well. Okay, let's talk about Joyce Marie Hopper and Enzo in Russia, and they have to deal with a demogorgon toward the end here. What did you guys think of that whole storyline? Well, I I think that, uh, again, it gives us a chance to see Murray and Joyce together, you know, trying to get Hopper out of there. Um, I think that... that the Hopper prison stuff, it's it's funny because when it ended, gosh, I can't believe it was three years ago. When season three ended, you, it was pretty ambiguous as to where he went, but we kind of knew he was going right. to end up on the other side. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's exactly what I pictured in my mind's eye, that Russian camp that they've got him in. I mean, I, I just, it was dead on what I would expect, you know, from, hmm. from that. But I, no, I think it's, uh, I thought that, it was a fun little caper for them trying to break him out. And what was the pilot's name? The guy that double crossed them. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't think of his name right Yuri? now, though. Yuri. Oh, yeah, Yuri. 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 Good one. Yuri was great, but what was even better was Murray imitating Yuri. Ah, <laughs> yes. He nailed him so good. It was great. Yeah, he did. He was so good. Yeah, Murray is a really great addition to the show. And I feel like alongside Joyce, he's really good for the scenes because she is a little crazy and kind of all over the place. And and Murray? I don't, yeah. And Murray, I, right? <laughs> well, I feel like Murray can get it done. 
Joyce on her own, you know, she had to have Hopper help her before. She's kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, you're Dependent? She, fig she figured out Dependent? Christmas lights. She did figure all that out. Yeah, right. she did. But she just is a scatterbrain. She is scatterbrain, a little bit. And I feel like, but I also feel like she's fearless. Because think about the fact that they have to take off in this plane go to Alaska with some guy they don't even know, go meet up in this place. And then of course it goes awry. <laughs> and yeah. she still, you know, she doesn't fall apart. She just kind of goes with it. Yeah. And, um, which I think is super cool. If you look at her character, she, in season one, she was the same way with her son. I mean, she would not give up. She was, you know, she didn't care if people thought she no. was crazy or whatever. And when she got that, what was the Russian doll with the message in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the phone number The nesting or dolls, the, right? Yeah. And she broke the doll. Matter of fact, Murray talked her through it on the phone. Remember, he's on there, get really far away and drop something on it. And it oh, could be a bomb. One, right. Um, but she, but she, I mean, like Cindy said, jumped on, you know, went to Russia to save, yes. to save him. That's a big, big deal. And so I think that's a really, it's a testament to her character. She does it come is. off a little um, scatterbrained, but she is very loyal and she's a woman of action. I will mm -hmm. say that. I love that. I love that, Devin. That's so true. That's so true. Because I was thinking the same thing with not giving up on Will, trying to figure out how yes. she was going to connect with him or figure that out or it's been so long since I seen season one, but I just do remember how she wouldn't give up. And also, I was thinking that Hopper doesn't know what she's done. And at the very end, all, she, all I mean, all it appears she did was open the gate by pushing the button. But when we see everything that she went through to get there and do that, I mean, that was a lot that she did. So I just think it does show her love toward him and her commitment and her loyalty, like you guys said. And... I, I wondered, and I know that there's a lot that happened here that is, was given to us, but it hasn't played a part yet. I was thinking about how Hopper talked to, I think it was Enzo, because that's the guy that was with him, right? I think his name was yes. Enzo. Uh, just about his family and about being in World War II and about Agent Orange. And it just makes me wonder if any of that's going to play a part in all of this somehow like why did they bring up his wife and how his daughter died because of possibly that i there's just a little i i feel like they're sprinkling some information that we don't know yet and i just feel like there's a reason he's here there's a reason they're going through this there's a reason we saw him fight this you know demo gorgon that's going to propel us into the next volume. Yeah. Something else I thought was interesting and just totally 80s or, and, you know, any time before cell phones, honestly, is you have all these groups of people. They're all off doing their own thing. Nobody knows where they are. Even, you know, for Joyce, who's a parent and she takes off to Alaska, the kids take off. She has no idea the kids are gone across the country going to find Elle. Um, you have... Dustin and the crew that take off and they run from the cops. And then you have the underground and the, um, in the upside down, you have that whole group and nobody 
you know, had cell phones during that time. So we just take for granted. We always know where people are in our world today. But it was so interesting that everybody just went off and did their own thing. And, yeah. you know. And we survived. And we did survive. I, no I'm so glad you brought that up, Cindy, because I was thinking my wheels were turning when you guys were talking earlier about that, too. And I thought this works so well. And I think that might have been part of the draw also putting it in the 80s because you don't have this access to everybody. You have to just do things and rely on things because Joyce doesn't know what her kids are going through because if she did, she wouldn't be out looking for Hopper. She would be home helping them. So it's good that they can't get a hold of each other and how uh, Mike and the group are have to drive to get to Susie and how Susie can only use this one computer that her dad's taken away from her. Uh, Just all of that. And then now she figured out where this bunker is and now they have to go off and go. But see, none of them know that what the other is doing. Right. And they're all doing something different. Like uh, the group in Hawkins don't even know that L is missing. (laughs) They're just doing their own thing, trying to figure out Vecna on their own. And I I hope we get to see more Susie in the second half of the... Her family, those kids are crazy. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's move along to the last episode, episode seven, where we, oh, we come to know about Vecna. So in Eleven's past memory, she is befriended by an orderly who tricks her and he regains his psychic power, which is Henry Creel, and wants her to join him. And she says no. And after a psychic showdown, she is able to cast him into the upside down, opening the very first gate in Hawkins. And then in the present, we see one, aka Henry Creel, who is now Vecna, and who is opening gates around Hawkins to unleash the monsters in the upside down and destroy the world. What did you guys think of this amazing episode? Well, I want to say, Diana, it it was the first or second episode where Cindy said, gosh, this has got a nightmare on Elm Street vibe. Uh huh. And sure enough, Robert Englund shows up as Victor Creel. Yeah. Freddy Krueger, right? And they did, they purposely drop stuff in like that, which I think is just fantastic. It is. But yeah, it took me a little while because the way they told the story is so patchwork, right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. figure out who, who the Creels were and who right. the, the orderly was, right? It's like this big reveal. Um, but I thought it was told very well because they can't just write out, you know, come right out and tell you. They have to kind of, you know, yeah, nurse you along. Yeah, because the house, you know, they introduce us to the house, but we don't know where the connection is other than that it's an old scary house. And maybe that there's a story there of why he would choose this kind of haunted place and what happened there. And they use the stained glass on the front door yes. to signify and then we yeah. see that, so you you realize that that house is kind of the heartbeat of Vecna, right? Because they do. They show us the clock. They show us the stained glass door, you know, all those things. So you start to say, okay, but you don't realize that the family really plays a huge role 
Like I right. just assumed it's like a haunted house and right. that's where the haunted yeah. house came from. But when it all culminated together and brought in 11 into the whole thing and the lab, it was like, okay, wait a minute here. That's where it all began and, and came together. I just thought they did such a great job with that. People were throwing out their clocks, I heard, that owned clocks like that. Really? <laughs> That's what I, I briefly saw something like that. Uh, but that, yeah, that clock noise, the sound that it made was kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also, like Devin said, I thought it was so neat that they added, added the Robert England. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was brilliant because it, it was did. it was about dreams and there were these dreams and she's in the water and you know recollecting when she's you know in the water um doing that hydrotherapy or whatever it was and it just it was just perfect i thought the way they did that was really neat and they they also i think diana that the eddie munson was a little play on eddie munster very similar but yeah although i thought he looked like uh eddie van halen actually that's right yeah (laughs) yes same hairdo i think episode seven starts right where steve is getting eaten by the demo bats Mm -hmm. yeah he's always getting something something's always happening to eddie oh eddie or i mean not eddie sorry Steve. steve Sorry, I meant to say he, Steve. He always gets beat up. He's, he's yeah. I think only once it was a Russian that he knocked him out, and everybody was so excited for him because he finally <laughs> didn't get beat up. But it was it had it, I was talking about the action. That episode has so because you think about it, it's got the Demogorgon at the at the finale, right in the pit with all the yeah, and and at the and it starts with all those demo bats attacking them, and it's also the light bright is genius. I love that whole part. Like you said, Dustin figuring it out, Steve hearing Dustin's voice, the SOS, which Eddie knows how to do. And uh-huh. I was going to say Braille. No, that wouldn't right. work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Morse, yeah, Morse code. Morse code. That whole thing, that I think it was the best, I think I can say is the best episode out of all the seasons so far, that, that episode seven. Mm-hmm. It tied a lot up. And what I also appreciated was while they left us hanging for the second half. They Not too long. Resolved. When's it come out again? July 1st. Oh, wow. Okay. Soon. Wow, but they didn't leave us totally hanging. You know, and sometimes shows are guilty of they leave you with nothing. And those last episodes and they make you wait and you think, yeah. gosh, they didn't give us anything. They really tied the story up so you really knew what direction it's going to go in when it picks back up. And and I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah. You know who Vecna is now. Right. And so now you move on to how are you going to stop Vecna? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that Eleven has her powers back. Right. So, oh, and right. that Hopper and Joyce have reunited. Now, whether they'll get out, we'll see. But they have reunited. So, yeah, I like that they tied up. Those uh, those things. I thought that Hopper and Enzo fighting that Demogorgon was really kind of cool. I thought, oh my god, how are they going to get out of this? And uh, and then that lighter wouldn't. It was out of uh, butane. What is it? It's butane. Yeah, butane. 
oh my gosh, it's not turning on. It's not lighting, not lighting. And I thought, oh God, oh my God, how are they going to get? And I loved how he threw it at him when they yeah. finally went through yes. the doors and he threw it and it went right into it. And what do you, I, that, I think, I, oh, go ahead, Diana. No, I was just going to say that Demogorgon, that was pretty, that face of it, it was like yeah. weird, scary, yeah, like monster. Only yeah, like an alien, face. exactly. Only a face a monster mother could love. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, the other thing I think is neat that what they did was with the Demogorgon and Vecna, the kids name these monsters and they name them after actual monsters in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Right? So they found Vecna uh -huh. in that little monster manual and he's got the telepathic, you know, ability that he goes and he, you know, that's how he gets his victims. And it's kind of cool how they do that. They bring the D&D &D together. But I like how they, the kids name the monsters out of their world. Yeah. And what, uh, Diana, can I ask you what the Russians, you say, what are the Russians up to? Well, yeah. that's a great question. What are they up to? What is all, what are they doing? They're feeding the monster. That's all we know. Yeah. I don't know. Weapon. What are they up to? I want to know what they're up to. Yeah, I just assumed it was a weapon. They were going to use that as a weapon. Uh, and I, I had always thought through all the seasons that that was one of the main reasons that you had this lab filled with these children so that you could use them as warfare weapons. Hmm. And, um, that's just what I always thought they were. So that, well, you might be right. Thing. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Was there anything else I wanted to say about 11 and, um, Henry Creel? That guy's whacked. Everything that he said, yeah. his way, how he thinks, and how he killed his family, and he framed his dad, basically. Uh, well, and like I asked Devin while we were watching, I said, "Do you think the things he said to Eleven were true?" Remember when he's sitting there playing chess and he's saying, "You know um, what happened to Number Two." That was all planned out. They're going to kill you. You know, oh, tells her all of this. Yeah. And so, because we also know how creepy the doctor is. And right. he has sinister intentions. And we don't really know what they are, but we know no. that no one could do this kind of stuff to children and have a good intention. Um, even down to making them call him Papa. I mean, obviously. So... When we're hearing this from him as the orderly and he's telling her, you know, what's happening and what's behind all this, is some of this true? Is all of it true? Did he make it up so that she would trust him? You know, what part of this is um, just still part of the sinister nature of the lab itself? So right. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I thought in the moment, I didn't know if I believed what he was saying. I felt like he was trying to get her on his side. Yeah. That's what I was feeling. That was, This was before we knew who he was. Yeah. I just thought, I don't know. I don't know if I believe everything he's saying yet. <laughs> I had to well, see it I for myself. the doctor believes she is his number one protege. Like, maybe number one, things went wrong. And obviously... That's where it all came from, right? But they learned from him. And I feel like, you know, you go from one through all these numbers and you get to 11. I just think um, 11 is 
almost the perfect specimen of who they want her to be. You know, she has all the power, but she also has a conscience and she's innately good. Whereas if we see the past of who number one really was, there was nothing good about him and all of his power stemmed from evil. And now they've figured out how to harness that power and make these other kids powerful. And so now you get to 11. So I I feel like there is a part that could never be true, that the doctor would never let other kids kill 11. I just, and we find out that she defeats this number one. Not only does she defeat him, but she creates the, the rift between the upside down and here. She's the one that originally made it by killing him. And so it'll be very interesting to see in the second half her and Vecna, now that she has her powers back, to see how right. that goes down. So, Cindy, when you were talking, it reminded me of how Eleven took that thing out of his neck that gave him back his powers. And I wondered, how did they put it into his neck? So they must have overpowered him or put him out or done something to him to put something in his neck. So they knew what he was capable of. Why would you have someone who's capable of that around these kids and around 11? So all of it just seems very suspect to me. (laughs) I don't know. That's true. Yeah. And how come, Devin, you said this when we were watching it. How come he couldn't just take it out himself? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Exactly. Dig it out with a knife or something. That's what I thought, too. I thought the same thing. But maybe maybe whatever that was was preventing him from doing that. Maybe somebody else had to do it. Who knows? Well, or maybe it was part of this um, camaraderie that he built for Eleven to feel like she was doing something for him. And, you know, kind of that psychological, Uh, you know, um, just an aspect of that. Yeah. Her doing the physically removing his chains, right? Is basically what she did to freed him. And maybe he could have done it all along. Or maybe it was a nothing. Maybe he made that whole thing up and the chip meant nothing. Maybe he always had his power and he just didn't execute it. I mean, who knows? True. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Interesting. Yeah. That's what I love about this show. (laughs) There's so many things. I love it. Okay. So in saying that, I would like to know what was your favorite part, your favorite moment or character in this season? I'll let you guys go first and then I'll tell you mine. Wow. Favorite part. Devin, you kind of said yours, I think. I did. Uh, And I'm just going to stick with that, which is where Dustin saves them from the upside down, which by the way, when he throws those sheets down, that is the neatest effect, how they did that with her climbing up the sheets. And then when she Mm. falls onto the mattress, that was so cool how they did that. But that is my favorite part. So I'll stick with that. Okay. So can I ask you a question? So they climb up, right? They climb up, which would be the ceiling of a house. And then I, I, See, my brain can't wrap my head around it because I would feel like it would have to be something that's dug in the ground to get to the other side, not up in the ceiling. Because I'm thinking if you go outside, you can see what's above that house. <laughs> my mind can't. Like the mirror. 
Don't it's do a, that. You're going to keep me up tonight. I cannot think about stuff like that. I just <laughs> like that part. That's good enough for me. Oh, well, my what? to me. It's I'm both like, ceilings. It's both ceilings, though, right? But if you... That's right. You, you, each ceiling, it's upside down. The other side is upside down, and that's why. But that would be just like the where the birds fly over or where... Right, but you're coming up to your own ceiling, and what they're seeing from their ceiling is you coming into their ceiling. And remember, it's the gate is where he kills people. She, I know. Up on the ceiling of... Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Maybe that, okay. That helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I know. Too much thought, right? Because, oh, man. Yeah. What about you, Cindy? What was your favorite uh, part or moment or character? I really liked when Max overcame um, yeah. Vecna. That was awesome. I just thought, you know, it was the help of her friends and the song and you know, she figured things out because she's got this kind of tormented life that we don't talk too much about. They, She doesn't reveal a lot of it, but we know it's there because we're watching. But the other characters, I don't think really know the depth of that. And you get to see why Vecna took her because she had all this guilt over her brother who was just so horrible yeah. to her. I mean, he just treated her terribly. Yeah. And, um, and so her coming out of that, I just really feel like she needed that. Like she needed for this group of people to save her and for her to save herself through the action she had to take. And I thought that was really spectacular because like, even when you saw Chrissy go and you saw, you know, the family members originally, um, Henry's family, they didn't really, there was no fighting back, really. They didn't, they couldn't fight that hard. And she fought so hard to make that happen. And I just thought that was an intense part. And I wasn't sure she was going to make it. Honestly, I was like, well, you know, because people do die on this show. So I know, I know. Like, I didn't uh, think Chrissy would die. And then she did. I, I know. And two more people died. Two more kids died right. after that. So, right. so I have the same favorite part, Cindy. So that was really? my favorite part. Yes, it was episode four when they all started to put the pieces together at first, right? Because it's, it's episode four. And that buildup of Max's last hours before being controlled by Vecna yeah. that she thinks this is going to happen because they've done a timeline of when the others have died. So she realizes how much time she might, might have. And she writes letters and she goes, hugs her mom and talks to her, but it ends up being Vecna. And that, that was just so scary. And I think that she's so brave. She's such a brave young woman. And just all of that in the school, aren't they in the school? She goes, they seem to go through a lot of places in episode four when she is at the grave site and she is reading the letter to her brother and, and then her eyes roll back and she's in Vecna's world in the upside down and seeing her go through all that. I thought the visuals were f amazing yes. and I loved seeing the others fumble to get the cassette tape, get the right song, get it in the 
cassette player, get get it on her head and figure out the right song. I just loved all of that. I really did, yeah. too. I loved all that. Her, you know, going up and he's basically ready to kill her. But she sees that, you know, tunnel at the end where it's bright lights, regular life. And she's just running and running. I love that part of my, and the song's playing. The yes. song is playing. So right. it was, uh, yeah, that was my favorite part too. And I love that we got to see this character and, uh, and she's not out of it yet, but at least they saved her and, and for now, and that, that song, yeah. that song was able to save her literally. Yeah. So I just thought it was, and also I thought it was interesting that she says to the others that she felt she was in a place she wasn't supposed to be, that like Vecna didn't want her there. Yeah. It's like, how did she get there? And that's the same place that Nancy ends up too. So right. I'm curious. I, I want to know. I want to know what what are they accessing that others maybe didn't get to? There's something yeah. that they know or they... And maybe they have to send Max back in to get Nancy because she knows know. where... She is, right? That place is. Yeah. Oh, so much, so much. To, I'm glad we don't have to wait three years for the second know, half. Right? Gosh. All right. So I would like to know, is there any, well, we've talked a lot about them and there's going to be so many, but do you have any unanswered questions or what do you hope to see in the second half? Or do you have any predictions? What are you looking I'm, forward to? I'm wide open, Diana. I, I have many questions, but I, I, I don't like to have any expectations. And that's the because I had no expectations coming into season four and I was totally bowled over. I mean, I thought it was so good. Mm -hmm. So I don't even think about it. I don't want to know. I just give it to me. Want to experience it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how they're tying up some of this stuff with Vec with Vecna and with Eleven's powers. I mean, how long can you go into how many seasons before you kind of resolve it and you find something new that needs to get resolved? Um, because we're getting close, right? I mean, yeah. so Eleven has her powers back. I'm sure in the second half of the season, my prediction is obviously everyone's going to come back together, right? Because they're all over yeah. and they're separated. But now we've got the two groups from the Upside Down and the real world there together. So now we've got to have Mike and Jonathan and those guys rejoin them. And Eleven, obviously, will come back, I would think. And now they're going to yeah. have to save Nancy. So, yes, um, you know, I just feel like things are really culminating. But I think there's a couple more seasons, right, that they've already made or... I don't know that they've made them. I heard that I may not be stating this correctly, but I don't know why I think season five may be a time jump because they're grow the kids are growing so fast yeah. and it's hard to get them to be still freshmen. I think uh, Steve is like 30. So is and he? I think the young. Yeah. And I think the I think all of them are in between 18 and 30. I think Nancy's 27-ish, and a lot of them are 18, 19, 20 years old. I think the youngest might be Will. I, I, I don't know if I'm – I'm just stating this from memory, so I don't know how accurate yeah. it is. So I think – and I think it would be smart to have season five, depending on where we go with season four, I guess, and where we end up. I think it would be smart to have them just uh, 
a little bit older and not fresh. Some of them freshmen in, in high school. Yeah, I just looked it up, Diana. So it's the fifth season will be the last. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know it's I know, probably it's the so best good. thing. Yeah. But it's good that we know going into it instead of like getting there and then saying, ah, this is the last one, right? So I'm glad we at least know that. Well, and we're getting supersized episodes, which is even better. They're like an hour and yeah. a half long. So that's yeah. Really- yeah, I know. It's I nice. love that. You really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like mini movies. So um, I, I don't have, I mean, of course, I have all the same questions you guys do. I was wondering, you know, about them coming together when that's likely to happen. And also about Nancy, how she going to get out and how they gave that cameo of Barb uh, down there. Of course, Vecna was using it to torment uh, Nancy with that. And I also heard that a character, main character might die. And I was freaking out because I thought it could be Steve. <laughs> I don't want it to oh, be. And it just makes my heart hurt if it is. I know. I know. I don't know who it'll be. But I just I guess there's just rumors wow. out there about who it could be. Gosh. Yeah. Money's on Will Byers. So. Really? <gasps> oh, that would no, that would be really that would be sadder. I think <laughs> if Will dies. I think because Steve, I don't want Steve to die. I don't because actually he, he kind of is one of my new favorite characters right behind Dustin. Yeah. But well, I like Eleven and Will too. I like them all. But um, I feel like Steve could go out as a hero is where I see that happening. Of course, any of them could, right? Any of them could yeah. go out as a hero. But I don't know, mm-hmm. man. And then I'm, I'm looking forward to this battle between Elle and Vecna. That'll yeah. be like yeah. so be big time. good. So good. I know what I was going to bring up way back when that I couldn't remember is the jock, the basketball jock, how yes. he's rallying everybody up and saying oh, yeah. that Satan or that Eddie's the vessel between Satan yes. and uh, all. <laughs> it's just yes. we didn't even talk about him. And that was a big aspect of all of this and, and everybody chasing Eddie and how easily that happens. Right. Because right. somebody just. Pray, praise on your uh, insecurities or and you get scared and then you just <laughs> jump in. Oh, and the parents. I wanted to bring up the parents, too, because yeah. they've been so out of it and they are just seem so clueless. It just they oh, could just crack me mom up is the best. His mom <laughs> is like, Dustin, you're not part of this stuff. Like she has no idea what her son does. I know. She and even the husband. So Isn't it the yeah. husband, too? He seems kind of close. The mom well, seems yeah. to be. Um, Nancy's dad, right? You mean that husband? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because Nancy's mom seems to be caring for the kids and wanting to know and and yeah. trying to be involved. And the dad is just over there yeah. sitting on the couch. Checked out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, checked out. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Ah, oh, this has been an amazing season and I cannot wait. I'm so glad. Like I said, we get to we get to watch it on July 1st. So, yay. That'll be fun. We'll have to come back here in the future and recap the second half. Yes, I would love that. Love that. <laughs> well, thanks for talking with me about Stranger Things. Glad yeah, to. I feel like going to watch it right now. I know. You should. I'm going to. Yeah. Watch it right before it uh, the next volume uh, comes out. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so I would like to know if you guys have any other movie and TV recommendations. We have so many, Diana, because we watch so much television. I, I I could go like 10. The My favorite show, is, and we talked about this before, was Resident Alien. And it, it's got two seasons, and it really finds itself like towards the end of the first season. Yeah. And it's real, uh, it's funny, and it's actually a little creepy at times. But it's got <laughs> cracks me up. It's got heart. Yeah. It's got a lot of heart in it. And it's so and it's a fish out of water story. So he's from a different planet. He's here. He's looks like one of us. He's able to change his appearance. And it's him learning about us. And and as you can imagine, there's probably a lot of funny things that happen. So Yeah. I love that show too. I think the actor is hilarious. He was he he's so job. good. Yeah. yeah. And I would say, if you haven't seen Pistol, loved Pistol. Oh, yeah. 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 What's really that good. on? It's it was on it's Disney Plus actually. They had it on Hulu. Um, I don't know if it's on Disney, but Disney Disney's the one that that did that bankrolled it. So, um, it was a good. Sh- that's a good show. So good, and definitely worth talking about. It is just so many neat things. It was fun. What's it about? What's the main premise? It's about the Sex Pistols. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Really interesting how they came to be and all of the famous people that came from that little part of England that watched the Sex Pistols, like Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders is in it, and they've got Sushi and the Banshees and... They've got the Buzzcocks and the Clash and like all of these bands that were, you know, around or started because of the Sex Pistols. But it really just tells Steve Jones's story, who's the guitarist of the Sex Pistols. So it's it's a good show. I'm going to watch it. I when you said pistols, I'm thinking of like guns, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking it's a western, right? She's yeah. going to tell me about a western. Sorry, I forgot. That the Sex Pistols had, uh, is it a, a documentary, like a two episode, three episode? What is, how long it's is a, it? It's six episodes. And oh. Based on, the guitarist wrote a biography. And so they based it on his book. I so love it's, that. It's told from his point of view. Mm-hmm. I so, am going to watch it. I'm going to yeah. watch it. It's Thank you. really good. And I think. Well, it was fun to watch with Devin, obviously, because he knows so much about that music and that time period and the influence of music during that time. And it was funny, he would be saying something and telling me about this historical piece of information, and then it would be in the next episode. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's true. (laughs) um, But it was really fascinating to see the influences that were there, like the fashion um, and how all of that came to be and, and just what they were trying to do with this band in creating the band and yeah. what they were trying to achieve by building them. And it was amazing to me because I, I've just never seen anything like that or even heard of, that ever happening and maybe it's happened with other bands or other situations, but the level of influence that made everything happen through the course of history 
just the way this guy wanted it to be. Yeah, he says that the manager, Malcolm McLaren, says as he's putting the band together, he says, I don't want musicians. I want agents of destruction. <laughs> so he didn't care if they could play or not. But wow. He was selling, he was selling a, an idea. Yeah. yeah. Just amazing. I want to see that. I um, We talked about it in a previous podcast episode, but um, I don't know if you guys have seen um, it's the David Letterman show. My next guest needs no introduction. It's on Netflix. And his first it, it's in the third season, I believe. And this first interview is with Billie Eilish and Phineas. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I've seen the documentary uh, regarding both of them, which I really liked the documentary on them. And I liked this episode. And with all of that, the reason is because I love people that are true musicians and hearing or watching how they work and how they work off each other. And it just, I just love that. So I, I'm really looking forward to watching Pistols. And I'm so glad you recommended it to all of us. So yeah. um, it's very exciting. So I it's can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't know a lot of that stuff. So. Right. Right. And I don't know very much about them. So I would, I can't wait to, to learn. And the fact that it's six episodes, that's a lot to dedicate to this. So I'm sure it's really well done. So I can't wait. Yeah. So I watch movies and TV all the time and, and I give out my recommendations on, on what I see. But the recent things that I've seen just in this last week are Lightyear, the Pixar Disney film. And uh, I, was, I wasn't I was sure how I felt going into it because I knew that Chris Evans was voicing Buzz Lightyear and not um, Tim Allen. But what I came to know is that this movie is not about the toy. It's about the real character. And so that's why there's a different voice, a new person, and it's the origin story of, of Buzz as a young astronaut marooned on a hostile planet and his intergalactic adventures that deals with time and with friendship and teamwork. So it was a cute film. I liked it. Um, I uh, went with my son and his girlfriend. And so it was kind of fun to watch it with them. I'm a huge Toy Story mm -hmm. fan. And even though that's uh, somewhat of a character, you kind of have to separate yourself from that because Toy Story is you know, based on the toys and what it's like when a human leaves. And that's my favorite computer generated animated. Those are that's my favorite one. Uh, but this was uh, good. And I did like it. So good. and I also started watching the old man on FX Hulu with Jeff Bridges. Oh, yeah. And he plays yeah, so he plays Dan Chase, a former CIA operative who has been living off the grid, and an assassin is sent after him, so he has to get up and run. And John Lithgow plays an FBI assistant director for counterintelligence and is called upon to bring him in because they have this complicated past. So I've only seen one episode. I think there's two episodes out. And when I was first watching it, I said, okay, this is this is going along. This is fine. But oh my gosh, when Jeff Bridges has to fight, it was so cool, you guys. It was so cool wow. to watch Jeff Bridges fight out of the clutches of another assassin, someone trying to kill him. It was so good. I was like oh riveted. Yes. 
And so you have to get to that part, though, right? Because otherwise, it just seems like a regular show, and you're just watching it, and you're like, okay, what's happening? But man, to see Jeff Bridges in action was so cool. And I was like, yeah. all right, I'm watching episode two and three and whatever else. If this is how it goes, I'm I'm in. So yeah. that's my initial reaction to episode one. Good. Yeah, we're in the middle of watching The Boys. So we haven't finished it yet, but have you heard of that? I haven't seen I haven't seen season three. We're on season three, right? Oh gosh, we're not there yet. No, we're not there yet. We just started. So you have watched it. We just Oh, I have, yes. I heard that this season is a little um hard to get through. Uh my son told I think me that all hard and to get through. My goodness. <laughs> even he said, um, okay, <laughs> the wow. opening gets uh it's a little bit hard to get through i know because you're right the boys just you know they have no boundaries they just do whatever they're going to do you're right so um yeah so i i the new season is out and i haven't seen the new season yet but yes i do watch the boys so well thank you guys thank you so much for your insights on stranger things and your recommendations i'm so glad you guys joined me today well, thanks for having us, Diana. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having us, Diana. You have a lot of good insight for what we're watching, and it makes it really fun to watch shows and then talk about them with you. So thanks. I love it, too. I love all your insights. You guys bring up so many things that I hadn't thought of or uh, bring up things that I did think of. And I'm like, yeah, they thought the same thing, too. So I love that. I love it. So thank you, guys. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please go to screensinfocus.com. You can connect with me there and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. We'll be on summer break with periodic releases. Look for those. We'll be back with the dead in the late summer, early fall, or when those are released check out Screens in Focus blog for TV and movie recommendations. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.